previously on the Project Umbrella podcast. In fact, I'm only allowed to do this podcast because the missus is away in Amsterdam at work. Do you like Resident Evil? Do you have breasts? <laughs> well, it'll just be questions about, you know, about your physical appearance, what size breasts you have. These will be coming from Welsh, by the way, not me. Uh-oh. Oh, he asked me to post a picture of my ass. That's what part of whoa, it. Whoa, 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 where is this? Where, where is this? <laughs> <laughs> the picture of the ass or the comment about the ass? No, the fucking comment. It seems to be quite an ass. Could you post a picture? Smooth. Welcome to episode 9 of the Project Umbrella podcast, dissecting the truth from Lisa Trevor's autopsy and sending Mr. Spencer to Rockford Island for a failed drugs test. I'm Nick, better known as Neptune, and joining me today is the Batman. Hello. George Trevor. Good evening. Newsbot. Hello. And our very special guest for this evening, it's Rombi. Founder of Resident Evil A New Blood, and co-founder of Resident Evil Fan. With over 1,700 posts on the Horror is Alive. With only 10 posts on the Project Umbrella forums. Well-known and popular Biohazard fan. One of the original Resident Evil legends and icon of the community. From New Zealand, it's Rombie! Hello. Excellent. Right, so we've got an action-packed podcast today. Coming up on today's show, we're going to be looking at all the latest news. Not a lot's actually happened since the last podcast, but we'll still have an in-depth discussion on that. We've also got a bit of site news, which we were keen to share with all our listeners. We've got a sub-discussion on Mahara Desire from George. <laughs> have we? You say sub-discussion, just kind of moaning it's fucking boring. I've done most of it. Okay, get, we'll get there. We'll okay. get into that, because we'll I've got yeah. Yeah, something I want to say about that. Okay, cool. Then our main discussion of the podcast is Biohazard Remake, Resident Evil Remake, whatever you want to call it. It's the remake of the classic game, and we're going to be looking at that in a lot of detail. And of course, we're ending with Neptune and Newsy's Biohazard Quiz. So first, I'd like to say welcome, Rombie. Oh, shit. I've just realised that if Mr. Spencer isn't here, does that mean he's going to get another expert (laughs) answering his questions? Potentially. Oh, shit. Am I standing in for him? (laughs) No. I don't know if I'm really that much of an expert. You might be all right. <laughs> anyway, welcome, Rombie. Welcome, Rombie. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you with us. No and, problem. Uh, before we crack on with the news, I just take this opportunity to say, as I said, hello, welcome. It's not often we get family website members on the podcast. So I just want a quick discussion about what you've been doing with Resident Evil Fan, how you got into it. And I think you were New Blood at the beginning, weren't you? Yeah. Uh, well, before I even started New Blood, I started just doing 
bits and pieces for different people's websites and uh, eventually spun it off into what I considered then a, a, a website called The New Blood because it was a, related to the new games at the time. So it was uh, Resident Evil 3, Code Veronica, Zero. So this was around mid-99. And after that, it just kind of took off and it grew too large and, and eventually the weight of, of running it was problematic. So I merged it with Resident Evil Fan. And... Uh, Ran it pretty successfully for several years, but I have to admit, since about 2008, it's probably tailed off, and it's mostly an archive now. But it's back now, isn't it? I refound. Is it run by Project Omega? Yeah, he's uh, he's taken it over. Um, and th- there's some discussions about he's he's fixed up things that were missing and and uh, got the uh, caption this section running again, which is great. Um, and the forums are still running, and this movement on refreshing this entire website as well. Okay. Now, I, I don't speak for everyone else, but I speak for me, saying A New Blood was actually very much my first Resident Evil website that I came across. That was, when, I was going to say, uh, me, me too. Uh, yeah. Because I didn't really know the personalities involved. I didn't realise, Ron B. I, you know, mm. I wanted to thank you as well. Because um, I noticed, I think it was around the time of Resident Evil 5, that things over there kind of slowed down a lot. Um, and I was always quite curious to, you know, to find out why and, and to thank the people involved. Because, yeah, it was the first website I came across. The reason I kind of slowed down is I, I guess I've been moving around the country and my, my work and so forth. I just didn't have the hours to put into it. And, and to be quite honest, there was a little bit of a lack of passion in, in the later franchise than there was perhaps with the earlier games. Oh, okay. Well, I said, I don't know about everyone else, but for me, the actual A New Blood, not RE Fan A New Blood, but A New Blood when it was just that, that was my first experience. And what caught my eye was the fact that I think at the time you're one of the only websites that really dealt with Gun Survivor more than anyone else. <laughs> it, was, it was, it was. I I got it for Christmas, and um, that was just right at the beginning of my involvement in in RE. And I, and I thought I'd Google it, gun, you know, survive Resident Evil, and you were top of like the Google. And uh, it was that that really got me into it. And uh, so, there we go. Um, I made the mistake of actually writing a, a text FAQ for Survivor back in the day. Oh really? <laughs> I think it's well, still on Game Facts. Is it brilliant, brilliant. But I remember it being a wicked site, uh, New Blood, and obviously then it merged. And, can I just ask Nick, because you purchased Survivor, you say, when it came out, on its release, or around about that time? Yeah, I, did it, I can't remember when it, I think it might have come out oh, November. It really gets a hard time, and quite often people, you know, kind of forget what I think is one of the best stories in a Resident Evil game. When it actually came out, because I, I didn't play it until years later, how did the graphics stand up at that point? I was only a kid, right, and I compared it to, they are better than the in-game not cinematics, but in-game text that happened between characters. Not a video or a cinematic. I, I found the graphics were better than that, but not as good as a cinematic. So it was kind of like a halfway house. I didn't think they were great, but my mum bought it for me for Christmas and um, I got it with the, with the gun. And the gun was swiftly returned after I found it unplayable. <laughs> but yeah, so it was all right. I mean, it, it didn't get particularly good. I think the best score it got. At the time, was a seven. When it first appeared at the Tokyo Game Show in '99, even the press weren't, you know, they were like, "Oh wow, amazing!" It was announced without any fanfare, pretty much, and and it didn't really get great comments there right from the start. Uh, there was a lot of hope for improvements by the time it released, but it was such a rushed product. I mean, I, I, it's pr- pretty obvious. I think most of it was outsourced aside from the story as well, and it reuses elements from Resident Evil 2. Yes, that's quite notable, especially with, I said, with the BOWs. So how 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 did the uh, the merger with RE Fan come about? 
Because that, that's with, is that Marco? Not Marco, that's totally Ari. Uh, it was Rudy, yeah. It was pretty difficult. Um, I'd managed to get myself affiliated with an, with an actual gaming network around 2000. It was actually paying the bills as far wow. as um as advertising because I was getting revenue from advertising. This is before when you used to be able to actually make money off the internet. <laughs> and um, so it paid for the server and it paid for the domain name and it paid for itself. And I got a little bit of money on top, which was kind of nice at the time. But eventually the bubble burst and, and so no one could really make any money off everything because this is when people just got money for, for people viewing a, a banner ad, not even you know clicking on it. Nobody made any sense that this wouldn't work. And so I eventually was like, oh, I'm going to not be able to be hosted. And I jumped around a couple of networks, but unfortunately because the site was really popular in, in its day and, of course, with the cost of bandwidth going up because no one could afford it with no money coming in, I couldn't really host it anywhere, and eventually even one of my friends had hosted it for about a year, and it, it was killing his site because it was just eating away like 90% of his bandwidth. And so it got to the point where I just had to had to either close it or merge it if I could, and, and the offer came up to merge it with Resident Evil Fan, and that's that's how it happened. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah. At the time, I was also running a, a link list. I don't know if you guys ever saw it as well. It was called RE Science, and it used oh, yeah, to be yeah, yeah. a big hub of the community. And unfortunately, that was part of the casualties as well because I ran that still for about another six months after I we merged with Resident Evil Fan. But it, it just couldn't. I couldn't keep operating because of the same reason. It just wasn't a possibility. My website was an RE site, I think, or something like it. I, I had my own GeoCities Resident Evil website, and I think I got it on that years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible. I used to have so many people like submitting all the time, and and they'd get quite um if they they didn't get on, they'd get quite upset. And but I I had a great rapport with just about all the webmasters back then too, which is good. You know, I talked to them quite regularly. And because that was the was time it. of like Resident Evil All Stars .de and things like that. And... Yeah, and uh, Biohazard Extreme and um, Totally Resident Evil and everything about Resident Evil and all, all these websites. There's so many of them and. Um, there's hardly any left. Um, Evil Unleashed, that was quite good. Evil Unleashed, um, uh, the horrors live still around, obviously. Um, there was uh, always Ari Horror uh, and uh, plenty more. It's funny yeah. too because there was a website that's using that. The Capcom's just obviously announced that ResidentEvil.net thing, but that used to be a website as well. Um, it used to be run by a guy in the UK about a decade ago. <laughs> so it's quite oh. funny to see that address coming back up again. Well, thank you very much. That was very, very interesting. Interesting you should mention that domain name because that's part of the news. So let's crack on with the news. First bit of news is Resident Evil 6 related and it comes with the news for UK people, UK buyers, that the No Hope edition of Resident Evil 6 is coming to the UK. This is yet another version to choose from, but thankfully it's not as expensive as the Steelbook Super Ultimate Deluxe Alpha Turbo one that we spoke about last week. This is the, as I said, the No Hope Left Edition comes with a Steelbook copy of the game, a Tall Oaks No Hope Left number plate, a Zombie Bite hoodie, and a USB bullet key pen hard drive thingy job. No concept art book. No art book with that one. Don't think so. No. This is an exclusive set, and it's currently pr- going to be priced at about 90 quid. You might as well get the other set, which is only an, sort of an extra 30-odd quid. Yeah. My understanding is that hoodie is actually from another place, and they've just branded it with the RE6 logo, so you can actually just buy that hoodie anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like Capcom. <laughs> I, I, I saw it somewhere. I don't remember where, and they said they had the link, but yeah, that zombie bite hoodie has been made before. Oh, we've we've got a similar set. It's called it was in a, in, for Australia and New Zealand, but it's it's not with the hoodie or the license plate. But there's a carrier bag, I think. So that's that's the same thing, but it's called the same thing. No hope left edition or something like that. I'm still unsure. I don't usually fall for these and get all the expensive Dulux 
version. I usually get like the uh, maybe limited edition one, like for the RE5, you know, that comes with like the making of DVD or something. I, I don't usually spend all that money on on a game. I think it's quite expensive for. I don't. I'm not really a collector of that kind of thing. I know it appeals to a lot of people out there, and fair play. Other news. Also, Biohazard Six, and it's the announcement, as you just said, Rob, of the Resident Evil .NET username coming back. And this is to be an online portal for uh, Resident Evil Six, where players can track their progress and share their achievements with other gamers, trophies, and mercenary high scores, and things like that. And obviously there'll be some downloadable content and people will be able to compare and contrast, get leaderboards going on. It's a free service via PC and available when the game comes out. So we'll share information and stats on weapon usage, enemy killed, friends gameplay progress, as I said, mostly high schools, real-time gameplay progress. And friends can also join up unlocking new in-game material like costumes just by beating set objective like 10,000 kills in one weekend. Now, this is a new thing for Capcom. They've never really done anything quite like this. And what, what does everyone think about it? Anyone interested in that kind of thing? I've used the uh, was it Rockstar's social club. And I kind of used it more for the extras rather than like it has stat tracking for like you want to unlock everything. And that's perhaps a bit more interesting. I'm not so interested in the multiplayer aspect. But it probably serves a good purpose, especially for people who like those stat tracking services. Mm. pretty big with urges these days, especially people who play Call of Duty. So again, it's another angle that Capcom's kind of trying to put on that path, I guess. Yeah, I was going to say, it, it certainly appeals more to the Call of Duty gamers than necessarily the original hardcore Resident Evil fans. But it's, it's, it's not a hindrance to it. You can get Resident Evil points on the website, and that can be used and spent to unlock other, um, other things in your own game, costumes and things like that. It certainly adds a bit more replayability to the game and should keep you coming back for more and more. Perhaps a sign that Resident Evil 7's a long, 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 long way off. I, I just wanted to know how long it'll be before some, you know, probably hours, if not days, before it's obviously someone illegally breaks something on the game or, you know, they've got millions of points more than anyone else, because that always happens. Mm. They just want to be at the top of any leaderboard they can. George, would you be interested in doing that kind of thing? I mean, not really. It was quite useful. I mean, if you're into racing simulators, Need for Speed Hot Pursuit has something similar. I don't know. I mean, it's all quite a lot to take in, isn't it? I'm just kind of trying to get my head around, you know, completing all three and then and, and Ada's story and then the prequel, which, you know, I'm not quite sure. Is this going to be a prequel to Resident Evil 7? Is it a prequel to Resident Evil 6? So there's quite a lot to take in. I mean, it might be good if it adds another social dimension to it, then then why not? I mean, it's certainly confirming its position as the biggest Resident Evil game that's ever been made. It's going to be absolutely massive. Oh, it's huge. It's absolutely huge. Because I, I'm not so sure if the decision whether to, even if there is going to be Resident Evil 7, has been taken yet and could, you know, obviously have a lot to do with how, you know, such a mammoth project takes off and, you know, whether it inspires the imaginations, you know, of the players. I imagine there will be a 7 at some point. I'm surprised they haven't maybe, like, tried to expand on Code Veronica and do, like, a Code Veronica 2 or something like that, trying to expand, make it almost like a new franchise out of this, or a new IP, or an expand upon an existing IP. We've had, obviously, the Chronicle series and the Outbreak and the Survivor series. I just I, I thought they might have done a bit more with Code Veronica. Maybe Dead Aim 2 next time. Dead, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Time. No, that would be good. <laughs> that would be awesome, wouldn't it? Whilst we're here, I read somewhere on the site about this DSO organisation, and there was a link back to the FBC with Sherry, but was that just that's an in-game file? Oh, no, it it says uh, Sherry's a member of another organisation, and then it mentions the FBC later, as in saying that they're unrelated. That's all, really. Right, It was just a way to throw in a reference to Revelations. 
that's quite nice. Because obviously the, the FBC, it ceased, didn't it? The FBC. They were absorbed into the BSA. BSA, yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. That's nice, though, isn't it? It's a nice link that they could do with it. Making revelations a bit feel a bit more prominent. Does anyone have any other news at all? Well, I was just going to say, there is that, obviously, the Gamescom stuff, there was a trailer up at Gamescom. It's online, but it's only been captured off a screen, so it hasn't actually officially been released. But there's discussion that it's probably the launch trailer as well, um, which is why it hasn't been put up straight away. Ah. It looks like it's supposed to end on, like, a big reveal uh, related, obviously. Well, not massive reveal, but uh, leaving open questions regarding you know, the Ada Carla thing. But it, with with the fact that it's pretty much already out there, it, it doesn't have quite the impact. But it's a, good, it's a good-looking trailer anyway. Obviously, therefore, we'll wait to the official release of the trailer, and then we'll probably discuss that next one whenever it comes out. Site news, and... Not a lot, except the big discussion that's been going on on the forums at the moment, orchestrated by uh, Newsbot, is... <laughs> <laughs> you, you, make it, you make it sound like it's a, a crime. No, 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 no. It's whether or not Project Umbrella, the most reliable internet website for all your file translation needs, should have the official English versions of the files online. An example would be... The Nikolai report at the end of Survivor, in the English version, Nikolai writes the last extract, proving he's still alive. And in, in the Japanese one, he doesn't write it. It's written by the research team. And in fact, Nikolai's surname isn't even Genovier, it's Zinovier. It shows how bad the English translations are. So the question is, should these even exist on the Project Umbrella website? Over to you, Newsbot. Uh, I don't know. I'm, just... I'm, I'm adding them. Now I think the majority have spoken. So yeah, we, 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 there's been quite a varied discussion about it. The the pros and cons, if you like, of having them on there. So what were you going to yeah, say? I I think the main argument for having them was that people want to compare them to the actual translations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To see exactly where they went wrong. And there's quite a lot. Yeah, there is. We I <laughs> I found a few new ones today. I think I've already told John. Go on, which ones? Dominant. Species Plaga. I'm not a guess. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> they're actually mentioned in Resident Evil 4, but the English translation completely removes the reference. It, they say something like, Plaga reflects the conscience of its host. They say that in the official translation, and in the Japanese it actually just says that people with the dominant Plaga keep their own consciousness. Oh. So you can see that there's a really big difference not even the same meaning is kept between those two. See, that's what really worries me is that, that and I've seen from Newspot's work, that sometimes the, the localizations that we got, they almost just completely to take sentences out of the blue that weren't in the original, uh, or completely sort of w- without any rhyme or reason, completely miss out certain sentences. So I think, for me, I think the original English that we got should be included because it's quite clear that, that, that a lot of it is just complete garbage. And I think it's actually important to, com- to to highlight, particularly where the canon significant changes are. And I think that can only be done to really highlight just how appalling those originals were, but by having them next to proper authentic translations. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I do see that. I, I see that argument quite well. And it is nice if you like to be able to compare it and go, oh yeah, I know that file. Let's find it out, and then you realise it's totally different to what you think it should be. And I, and I think it's interesting that via Cap community, you know, Paul hasn't had any response from anyone of any significance within Capcom. I had one moderator 
tell me that he thinks the errors are charming. <laughs> yeah. it's a strange choice of words. Charming. I saw you comment that to uh, to Thomas Thomas Wilde on the plot analysis thing. I just had a good laugh at that. I was I was like, obviously the moderators don't care. They're, they're just going to be like, oh well, we're here for Capcom games because they'll make money. Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty annoying. It's just such a lack of effort, isn't it? As we, we've discussed this in previous podcasts, how... But not just a lack of effort. Where were they getting the, the additional stuff that seems to be made completely made up on the hoof? Where, where does that even come from? Guesswork, I assume. The writers I... aren't involved in the translations, so the translators have free reign to do whatever they want, really. I'd love to know the differences. I don't know. Perhaps they go from Japanese to English to French to German to Italian to Spanish. I don't know. What would the Spanish version like? It's almost like Chinese whispers at times. But time I, think... I think that in some cases the French versions are more accurate, but then another language just is completely off the mark. I don't know if they translate it from Japanese to English, then another European language, but you don't have anyone that speaks fluent French on the site, so I can't check. But would there be any benefit to it, do you think? No. <laughs> no not, not yet, anyway. I know from doing the vo- the uh, interviews with voice actors in the past, too, uh, as far as like all the cutscenes go, there's a lot of ad-libbing, and directors kind of change things that may actually be on the script, but they don't get changed in the subtitles, because originally in the Japanese, they, they had this intent, and then they kind of put the two together, and they, that's why sometimes they don't match. It doesn't really apply to the files, but the, as far as cutscenes go, that's, that's a lot of explanation why those don't quite often match up. Yeah, the cutscenes are pretty bad too because a lot of characters are supposedly have different personalities between each game, such as Annette in Resident Evil 2 and Darkseid Chronicles. But the reason for this is that the translators are different, the voice actors are different, and the voice directors are different. So the script gets kind of changed up a bit from when it, it was meant to be pretty similar to an older game. For example, Annette in Resident Evil 2 mentions that the G-Virus is incomplete thanks to Umbrella. But it's not in the official translation. So in Darkseid Chronicles, when she mentions that the G-Virus is a failure, again, because it's incomplete, the reference just gets missed out completely. Same with Nikolai's surname, isn't it? Yeah, he, he's... Uh, even Google Translator actually translates his name accurately. <laughs> Google Translator, brilliant. I don't know how they got Gino Vyaf or whatever. Yes, do you know, yeah. That's that's the amazing thing, because uh, Operation Raccoon City just carried on with, with with that failure. Yeah, and in every game, Spencer is spelled with a Z, even though Oswell with a C isn't the name. It's funny, because you guys mentioned, uh, I think it was on one of the quizzes a while back, the, I think it's the Survivor Guide had, well, it was maybe it was the guide, that had Rot instead of Rot, rot or something. Yeah, yeah. And there was that period around uh, probably 99, 2000, where quite often when there was character reveals, the translations would be pretty off, and, and Rot was one of them. That was one of the ones that actually wasn't just in their guide, but we got, I think, in, either in press releases or, or something as well. And, uh, and I think and maybe Nikolai in, in Resident Evil 3 as well, even when he was being announced as a character, was wrong as well. So it's interesting that they still managed to sneak through, even not just in the games, but also in the publicized, you know, publications and materials around it. It's crazy. It's endemic. The goal of the Los Illuminados in 4 is completely different between versions as well. In... Is it, is it, is it ter- is terrorism, basically? It implies implied terrorism in Resident Evil, in the, sorry, in the English version of Resident Evil 4. Yeah, they add a lot of terrorism references and cleansing the world references in the English version, but in the Japanese, all they want is really just power. They mention power a lot, and I actually just updated the 
final file in four as well, which says that, like in the English version, it says that they have a backup plan for if they can't get their sort of like parasitized agents in the government to take over. They said that they'll directly just take control. But in Japanese, this is just part of their normal plan. There is no backup plan. I hate to say it, but sometimes there's some novelty well, with the translation versions, because obviously for a period of time before we can get translations, that's what we have to go on. And only now that you kind of take it with that pinch of salt that, you know, that's roughly the, the right storyline that's going on. I remember like straight after Revelations came out, there was a lot of discussion about who Jessica worked for. Mm-hmm. And people immediately began speculating that because one of the files mentioned that the Global Pharmaceutical Consortium helped develop t they thought she worked for them. That was all wrong, wasn't it? Completely wrong. <laughs> In Japanese, it says International Pharmaceutical Company rather than Global Pharmaceutical Consortium, which is a mistranslation itself of Federation of Pharmaceutical Companies. Oh, really? All the tricell references in the game itself are completely missing, so the only way you can find it, if all you rely on is the English, is by checking out Jessica's report, which is Japanese. <laughs> keep, we'll keep to the Japanese files, and when Resident Evil 6, we'll pick the files and then wait till we can get them translated. I'm sure, I'm sure as with every game that gets released, we'll, we'll find new and interesting tidbits of storyline to keep us entertained until Resident Evil 7, no doubt. Or Dead Aim 2! Let's get that petition started. <laughs> um, <laughs> Is that ResidentEvil.net, was, was there a discussion about the fact that just putting the files will be available online as well? Oh. Oh, yeah, it said that as well. So hopefully uh, it'll be easier to get the Japanese files. Yeah, I was about ah, to say that. that literally you'll be able to get a direct copy off there and then of the Japanese version and then translate straight from there at a very quick rate, you know. Yeah, I think we were lucky with the Revelations one. There was a, a Japanese site that happened to have them. I stumbled across it just Google searching it. But the ones before that, five, it took ages to get the Japanese transcripts of those. Is there like a Japanese version of GameFAQs where some person will always put a walkthrough with all the files on that we can access? I don't know. I've never found one. I think the problem with with five was, wasn't it if you had a Japanese copy but you put it in an English console, it, it put everything out in English? Yeah, it did that too. So you couldn't transcribe them yourself. Yeah, you just got English. <laughs> That's clever. Uh, right, uh, we'll, we'll shift on from site news over to George Trevor to talk about Biohazard Mahara Desire, which is, of course, <laughs> which is of course a prequel to Biohazard 6. Now, I've been translating, I've translated most of it from the French edition. It's peculiar where there's changes in the artwork and the order of some of the pages because they're not significantly different. Some you know, it's hardly really worth mentioning, I suppose, but you've got various scenes where Doug Wright is just looking in a different direction or is positioned differently. So that I found a little bit peculiar. But the main thing is really, it's just, this is being taken quite seriously by people in the community as being canon and official. But while I was translating it and getting rather bored, I was just thinking to some of the other comics that get quite a hard time where you've got, for example, depictions of the original game, which are fantastic. You've got John writing his letter to Ada as he's slowly turning into a zombie. I mean, that's great. It's it's odd, I think, that that gets quite a hard time as being unofficial. And, you know, you've got Barry after the mansion incident going to see a psychiatrist, which is, you know, quite interesting. Whereas Mara Desire, I mean, it's almost like a carry-on film. You've got, you know, <laughs> not that I'm... A... Carry, on, carry on Biohazard. <laughs> I'm not averse to... You can put the music. Da, 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 da. I know, that's, <laughs> Benny Hill. that's Benny Hill, isn't it? Um... <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there's one scene where you've got a very scantily clad schoolgirl 
with very, very buxom bosom leaning over um, one of the characters who is sort of focusing on her bosom, doesn't realise that the head is a zombie. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, I think it's great. I'm not going to complain too much. You know, we've got official Resident Evil manga, but as the story, the particular story goes, I think some of the, the you know, the stories in the older Wildstorm comics are, are far more representative of the actual game. But at the moment, we're thinking it is canon, but I mean, I'm sure we thought potentially when the Resident Evil 5 comics were announced, we thought maybe they're going to be a... Well, well yeah, they did, what's did... interesting about that, if you look at, there's some early advertisements for those that specifically say on Declassified, that you know, the Resident Evil 5 sort of promotional booklet, on the back of Declassified, it advertises those comics as specifically being about Resident Evil 5 and actually detailing why Chris... You know, the, the, the psychological damage done to Chris before and after the game, what we actually got had not, you know, as we no. know, had to do with it. So that I, that's quite interesting. I think that originally that may have been the purpose because that's how they were actually advertised. And it specifically states that I can, if anyone's interested, I, I mean, just look at the, the back of Declassified or I can send a scan in. Part of that whole marketing campaign, though, was it? You know, that was the same thing that, that was, those viral videos went for, the, the psychological damage. And, and they tried to make a a crafter and I mean it's even on the essentially that Kajuju stuff's all over the cover as well of the game. Mm. I was, yeah, so I was trying to I'm trying to dig out declassified. <laughs> but the, what's, the, what, the, what's the guy's name in the main character's name in the uh five comics? Oh Sh- Sugarman something Sugarman, yeah. Oh that Sugarman. The difference though, I think with Mahara Desire is it is on the official Resident Evil website of Japan. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That, so it gets a bit more precedent. But my concern is if it's so ridiculous, there'll be a temptation just to ignore it. From what I can see of it, the storyline is really, really slow. It hasn't picked up until recently. Yeah, because I'm only translating the, the first tome, and, and, and it is very boring. <laughs> Here, Wildstone Comics. For the diehard fans who are looking for more information on the events leading up to Resident Evil 5, or the first-time players that want to find a good way to become immersed in the current Resident Evil storyline, Wildstorm Comics is releasing a six-part mini-series based on the famous survival horror series, blah, 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 uh, depicting the events that led up to Chris, his latest mission in Africa, including in the tale is the reveal of the dark burden that haunts Chris in the new game. Yeah. I, remember, I remember all this being... Uh, I was very excited about these kind of pre-cool comics because we had had that bit with the prelude to the full, which subsequently turned out to be non-canon but there you go it was pretty good though i like prelude to the fool because it's the only depiction of the hunter delta really mm. which is really just a normal hunter just yeah but, bit sorry bigger. but bigger <laughs> right so what's your plan gt what what are you, you nearly finished <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah i'm gonna finish off the translation in the next day or two i'll send it all over to paul to put up at pu and then yeah waiting because this is tome one but i think it includes at least the first six japanese issues but i've asked around and i don't there doesn't seem to be any you know published release date for the second time you know going around europe can you give us a brief summary of the plot yeah well you've got this school mahawa school which is populated by stocking wearing japanese females and there's some sort of outbreak it's interesting because you've got a mysterious character at the beginning that initiates this outbreak i think paul has alluded in the past to who this is who this is meant to be i think perhaps a character from revelations i think i got it Every guess I I made wrong. <laughs> <laughs> then you've got this ex- arc. It's arc. <laughs> <laughs> it's Steve. <laughs> Barry. <laughs> you've got an expert, Doug White, who's called in to investigate 
and it's just you know it, the plot follows very slowly the investigation into the into this outbreak and then the the differing uh, motivations of, of Doug White and and then you know the these sort of nuns that run the school. It's not particularly interesting, as I say. Is there any uh, talk? You said nuns running it. Is there any kind of religion aspects drawn into it? Oh no, nothing like sort of loss. In, no, nothing like that at all. And there's no sort of references to anything you know outside of Maharaj Desai. You know, there's no specific referencing of any of the previous games. I mean, the, the, you've got depicted Chris Redfield and the BSSA, but you know, unlike what Wildstorm did originally with Collection One, where they, you know, um, depicted various scenes from the actual games, uh, this is very much standalone. But it doesn't really have a, you know, it doesn't particularly have a Resident Evil feel. So I don't know what Paul thinks, but I don't know. Apart from it having a Resident Evil name, it didn't particularly feel like it was part of the universe. Yeah, it feels very on its own. There's nothing so far to connect it to any of the other games, which is why the uh, character at the beginning is such a hotly debated topic. See, is it C virus? We don't know yet. It's it's implied that it may be different. Right. Yeah. But there's, there's one small reference back to Raccoon City, and I think you see a picture of, of the rat spreading the virus there. But no, because I've been looking at all that. It doesn't. Well, I mean, there's a the virus isn't isn't given a name, but there's a reference to the um, the solution, the, the sort of the antidote. Yeah. Does it actually say vaccine, or has someone just implied it's a vaccine and called well, call, daylight? He, yeah, he calls it daylight. We'll have to give it daylight, which. Oh, so that is correct then. So. Yeah, because initially when I was doing the, the translation... Oh, that was work- very good. Well, when I was working on the Japanese translation, I was trying to work out whether... Because I was a bit confused whether they wanted to bring the zombies out into the daylight, if you're specifically referring to that. But with the French, it, it's clearly whatever this daylight thing is, it has to be administered. So I can't see what else it could be. Yeah, I've seen now, a- that's, a, that's a nice link. Yeah, I've seen a few different translations where it said daylight, but I wasn't sure if that was correct or if it was just someone being clever and it just said antivirus or something like no, that. No, both specifically translate as daylight. That's good. It's very strange, though. What happened to the Bull Pharma fucking vaccine now? Yeah, the mass-produced one. That's, that's odd. When's Maharaja's eye set? What? It's just before six. It's before six, after five, but we don't know exactly when. So yeah, as you said, Paul, that makes the Will Farmer vaccine slightly useless if there's the daylight. And considering daylight was especially only made by Greg Muller and the other one, it seems very odd that there is the daylight vaccine in circulation. There you go. Well, that's good. That's good work, G Team. That's a nice project and better exclusive. That, that will be up at PU for everyone to see well before the next podcast. Is that going to be in an editorial format? Well, I, really, all I've done is just photoshopped out the original and put the English in, and I can just make you know all the scans available. Okay, well, that concludes our site news. So we'll now move on to our main discussion for this evening. It's Biohazard remake. Alpha Team is flying around the forest zone, situated in northwest Raccoon City, where we are searching for the helicopter of our compatriots, Bravo Team, who disappeared during the middle of their mission. Bizarre murder cases have recently occurred in Raccoon City. There are outlandish reports of families being attacked by a group of about ten people. Victims were apparently eaten. The Bravo team was sent in to investigate, but we lost contact. Look, Chris! Bravo team's helicopter was a derelict. Save for the remaining body of Kevin.
We continued our search for the other members, and it turned into a nightmare. this way. Wow, wow, wow. What a game, what a game. Uh, as I said in the, in the previous podcast, I will find it quite amazing if anyone really has a bad word to say against Remake. It has to be one of the greatest survival horror games ever made. There I go, I've said it. Right. <laughs> That's my overall stance on it. I simply love the game, but what does everyone else think? We'll start with Romby. General overall impression. <laughs> I remember when it first came out, I was absolutely floored by just how much effort had been put into making it feel similar and new at the same time, and just the wealth of features, detail, extras. They made boss battles more epic. They gave characters better backstories or more focus in the story than they previously had, and of course obviously they added in a whole bunch of stuff that they'd originally planned and then axed, so I was quite impressed. Uh, I, I honestly say anything more than that at this stage. I, I honestly, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> <laughs> Batman? Yeah, I'd go along with that. It's easily my favourite game of the series. I remember when it came out, I was actually at university, and I spent my tuition fee money importing an American GameCube uh, because there was some, wow. there was something like a five month time difference between releases in North America and PAL it, regions. I'm sure it came, it came out. came out. It came out in September. Yeah. I remember very specifically uh, pre-ordering it from Game because you got the collector's edition DVD that came with it. Yeah. Because it obviously came out in March in Japan, and I'm sure it was out in like April, May in North oh. America. And that's yeah. So I spent a fortune getting it early, but <laughs> it was well worth it. I remember sitting down playing it and just being blown away by the graphics. You know, the attention to detail and the lighting effects, and you know, things that added like the thunder and lightning, the grass moving in the wind, and the fog swirling around the mansion. You know, it was just made it so creepy. It was just just brilliant. And uh, new spot? Um, I didn't get to play it until I think it was 2004. Oh, really? I never. I didn't have a GameCube at the time. 
once I learned that 4 was supposedly going to be exclusive to the GameCube, I went hunting for one, literally. I was in town for like a whole day just looking for a GameCube and nowhere had one. I ended up finding one on eBay with uh, Remake and Zero, which was pretty awesome. I was going to say, and... I've got an American one on eBay now if you want it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but when, once I got it, I, I fell in love. It was, it was amazing. Everything about it. I loved the fact that they put in stuff that they scrapped, such as the Trevor's notes. They connected it to the other games a bit more, such as a reference to the G-Virus and stuff. And they basically just they managed to surprise me quite a bit on parts that I thought I would have no problem with. And before that, I actually, the only source I had for it was Resident Evil fan at the time. I just watched videos of it on there. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, we had heaps of GameCube. We had heaps of GameCube videos up at one stage. But it was a great game. It's, I think, it's the best survival horror game in general. Now, George, what would you say about it? Because you, you're importantly, you played it before you even played the original. Well, so... I played Resident Evil 2 on the Nintendo 64 a little bit. Um, mm. I'm really blown away by this game. I had just moved to Bristol, and I was living in the attic of a converted big Georgian house. I'll, we're not going to get too depressed. I was living with someone who was very ill and you know my my life at the time was quite stressful and there was sort of depression with with illness and almost this game almost seemed to fit in with that and just so much about this game if they hadn't put in you almost wouldn't have noticed because i agree there's so much effort has gone into this the inscriptions that you have you know the atmosphere the choice the developers had You've got soundtracks that are the signature for particular rooms and really give them an, an atmosphere and a really worrying concern sort of comes over you. And then you walk into rooms and there's complete dead silence. And all you can hear are the, you know, the, the sounds of your own footsteps, you know, in the dining room, the clock ticking. You know, we don't even need to get onto the story um, or any references back to Resident, to the original. There is just so much that's been put into this game that, that makes it feel, I mean, so iconic. I mean, just you know, walking down into the Crimson Head Elder's tomb for the first time and you've got the sound of churning metal and the flickering uh, shadows, you know, casted by illuminated fire. And then in the background, as you're walking down those steps, you've got, you know, sorrowful howls of wolves in the distance. Uh, and then what meets you there, I mean, that alone blew me away. I mean, I think it's one of the best video games of all time. It was, it was, in my opinion, the best. And what what we, we've all touched upon is the changes, the fact that it was a remake and they added so, so much more. And for people that have never played the original 1996 one, they, obviously it's a great game in that sense, but for people who knew Biohazard 1 inside out, back to front, who could probably do it with their eyes closed, as you said, Paul, it still created lots of new challenges Things where you didn't think you, you would have a problem, you found out you did. So what, let, let's, let's discuss about the, the new changes, which will probably take up the bulk of the discussion, and how really was the how, the how the remake was needed, I think. I think the important thing is... I, I thought what was an extraordinary achievement was the fact that with the update of graphics, you know, this could have been kind of a, like a polished super, you know, version of the original game, but they managed to keep the same almost minimalistic atmosphere. As Newspot mentioned some of the main additions were actually, you know, felt authentic because they were, were originally going to go in. So the Lisa Trevor doesn't feel like some kind of, you know, character put in for sens- to sensationalise things. It felt very authentic. All of the, the new additions felt very authentic and almost you could be forgiven for forgetting that they weren't actually in the original game, some of them. 
the change is a, a mixture of subtle detail, atmosphere, and major changes. I mean, you compare sections that weren't there or were extensions and changes. You, you look at stuff like the aqua ring compared to the original, oh, okay. which is a massive change and probably one of the best things about the remake. And then it's just, yeah, the, the little nods as well, stuff like um, the death masks replacing the crests, but still having the crests there. Uh, allowing you to unlock the the magnum just so that people who've played the original still had that little hint oh oh the crests are still in here but it's completely changed the way that they actually work yeah i mean i i like the extension of the first floor because i think that's one of the first things you notice is significantly different the first time you're playing it is that suddenly the first floor mansions a lot more and then when you go where the zombie normally comes up from eating forest no kenneth kenneth you can carry on and and there's that kind of creepy bird cage isn't there and there's more steps going and suddenly you're thinking, oh, okay, they, they've they've added a bit more here, and then you know, the, where, where the the painting room is, the the secret exit back in, out into the graveyard, and suddenly you realise this is totally different. You know, you may recognise the corridors, but so you know, this is a huge deviation from what you used to know, and. The level of detail is, is probably the best you're ever going to get in pre-rendered backgrounds. They they just look absolutely gorgeous. And as you highlighted, uh, Batman, about the lighting in particular, it was the first time, I would say, since the original, that you shit yourself, scaring yourself. And it was over such minor things. I, was, I remember uh, on the second floor by the library, on the second floor in the library, that there's an L-shaped corridor, and, and you're going down it. And I was convinced that there's a zombie hiding behind that, because I think there usually was. And I was creeping up, creeping up with a gun, slowly moving up. And then as I turned the corner, there's not, there's nothing there. But the the shadow just went straight across or something, and I went ah! <laughs> it was it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant, and it it felt so so natural and organic. And again, it it restored everything that you love about the original game, that that creepy haunted mansion. Uh, situation and it, it just times it by three and I'll stop ranting but it, even like the famous dog corridor scene they changed it just for the hell of it you know as you went down it you're expecting the dogs to come and then you hear a smash but it doesn't smash you know it doesn't the dogs don't break in you just get a kind of you know <gasps> like that and you wait thinking oh, they've got to come now so you go around the corner still haven't come and then every time you go back through them you're waiting for them to come down and you start actively avoiding the area because you don't can't really you don't really want to face two dogs just in case they really get on top of you and i, I thought it was genius just having that kind of suspense uh, you know little things you just had no idea suddenly you go okay they've changed i don't know when i don't know what's going to happen here wesker jill Help me look for him, but let's not leave this hall. Good idea. Barry. Any luck, Jill? No, nothing. What's going on around here? I can't figure it out. Same here. Chris, and now Wesker. There's not much we can do. We can search for him separately. I'll investigate the dining room again. Okay, then. I'll try the door on the other side. This mansion is gigantic. We could easily get lost. Let's start from the first floor. Okay. Oh! I almost forgot. It's a lockpick. You'd make better use of it. Thanks. I may need it. Listen. If something happens, let's meet up in this hall. Got it? Okay. I think they really... I mean, compared to the original 
and obviously they were able to do this with the greater enhancements in, in development. The, the mansion really took centre stage for me. You know, you mentioned before the, the particular detail, but there is even further detail in the detail. So you don't just have particularly sinister paintings that you can see are, are quite unnerving. You've got detailed descriptions of these paintings, you know, letting you know exactly what they're about. And it's interesting, the errors that we have in the translated files. I'm very curious to know how accurate the descriptions we have, of, you know, of, of the paintings, you know, just little things like, like that, the, you know, the Book of Curse. And then when you pick that up, you've got the Old Testament, an eye for an eye, a tooth to a tooth, you know, little things like that. Being, you know, being told there are pictures of women being menaced and, you know, praying in front of large crowds. And there's two particular paintings in the room where the walls come in on you. On one side, you've got what looks like a man having his throat slit. And on the other side, you've got what seems to be a young child being held down. So I think the level of detail, you know, the real sinister level that they've got really blew me away. I like the really subtle things you can do, like you can walk down a corridor and nothing will happen. Then you can walk down the same corridor and you can hear a zombie on the other side of the door trying to open the door. And it's just rattling, but then he doesn't come through. Then he can come down again, and nothing will happen at all. Yeah, as soon as you pass the doorway, he bursts through and grabs you. You know, that sort of randomness to it was really good. Yeah, and well, that brings us quite nicely, I suppose, onto the Crimson Heads. Now, this was one of the huge changes. I mean, obviously, we discussed that we had Lisa Trevor as a new a new BOW in the game, but the Crimos were something else, weren't they? That first time when you just see one on the floor... You're thinking, okay, he'll come back. I can handle it. I can handle it. I've got some, I've got some ammo. And you, you walk past him and he doesn't come out and then you come back. And, oh, here he comes. And then, then he just literally runs at you. At point, and you're like, what the fuck? And it just, it just added so much more horror and so much more suspense and puzzle making because you suddenly thought, yeah, I can, I can kill him. Even if you had the ammo to kill zombies, you just suddenly decided I'm not going to. Because unless I decapitate them or set them on fire, and I've only got a certain amount of fuel to do this, they're only going to come back and populate this mansion as these, you know, 28-day Starlater zombies, and you, you won't have any of that shit. You're like, no, I'm saving my ammo. Yeah, the shotgun doesn't instantly decapitate them either. It, no. It's a random, random chance, I think. Neither does the Magnum. Even even the Magnum doesn't always shoot limbs off. Oh, yeah. So. I mean, I think you can decapitate with the shotgun if you wait for that very last moment for the zombies just before they grab you, you point it upwards. Uh, that's almost the most successful way to get decapitation with the shotgun. The thing about the fire as well, aside from decapitating them, the fire element adds almost a puzzle within yeah. the puzzle. Like, There's always the thought of which areas am I going to go through the most? Should I burn the zombies I've got available you know, right outside the door or down the hall? It made that you had to put a lot more thought into where you're going to progress to get to certain areas, but especially going back and forth to backtrack. Especially as you knew that you were going to come back and there's going to be hunters as well. That that just made it like, okay, because you read the files about how to destroy them, and then you're like, all right, I know how to destroy them. Do I want to kill it? I know I'm coming back here. I know I'm going to be faced with a shitload of hunters as well. Do I really want these super zombies roaming about as well? And then uh, adding in that random element as well, that certain things do do still appear. Like even in the later part of the game, you talked about the dogs through the window. That mm. the dogs actually don't appear at all through the window right until the last, pretty much the second to last time, the last time you'll go through that hallway, which is just before the if you go there before the Lisa Trevor fight. That's when the dogs finally appear. They hold it up for so long until you come back to that mansion the last time and keep you on suspense. Is that when it did? I, I think I actively avoided that corridor for the rest of the game. Yeah, that, that's when I, well, both times I've ever had them jump out, it's been right at the end if I've managed to get through that hallway on the way back rather than going up to the second floor. No, I, I, what I think is, is an incredible achievement is if you actually look at the specific gameplay when you're not fighting bosses, it is actually quite mundane. You're, you're going to section A to get item B so that you can then access section C. 
and if you actually break it down that out, it is actually quite mundane. But the environment that they've put those tasks in, you know, is so alive. I mean, even the, I mean, I love the questions that get thrown up by the little details. I mean, you've got all the portraits, the faces are painted out. You're given no reason why, and and you're kind, you know, I'm kind of thinking, why has this happened? There's obviously quite a nasty, you know, story behind this. Um, you've got a picture which has been burnt purposely in several different places. I mean, it may relate to a puzzle that was taken out, but little things like that, you know, I'm, I'm everywhere I go and every detail that I investigate, it then throws up another question. You know, there's a journal in the study, but all the all the pages are blank. So it's that level of detail and the questions that you that you sort of keep answering gives a real history and a depth to the mansion. On top of that as well, I love how the mansion itself is quite decrepit, more so than, say, the original, what the technology allowed anyway, back in 95, 96. But it leaves that question of how the place would have been even with people in it um, and how, because there's a lot of dust coming off the floors and there's cobwebs everywhere and there's cracks and paint peeling and all this sort of thing. And it shows you how under utilized and under kept well under not very well kept the whole place was anyway and i, I just love that it builds that whole atmosphere of the place and and, and the back, fact that it has like a secret use of these laboratories and even the laboratory itself was so much more run down than it was depicted in the original game you know it's hard to believe they were still using it for virus research really and that was really a successful use of the graphics i thought that the lab section was, was just brilliant again that i mean especially with, with the chimera as well the whole lab section was like shit scary brilliant i thought that was i, w- I want to talk about the um very quickly just the opening cinematic because it, it's quite unique i don't think any other resident evil games actually followed it you don't have obvious cinematics in this game it's all kind of almost like in-game videos throughout the whole videos was that would that be fair yeah that's a really good point you, you never have that kind of obviously you know, a widescreen section you know it's quite it's quite apparent in resident evil zero and that they put a lot of effort in the fmvs but here it all just kind of flowed very seamlessly yeah i mean i think rather than those i think almost what you've got instead is the not, not just the camera angles but the particular camera angles that you immediately get when you walk through a door so you you come through one door and immediately i think the first floor East door, the first door on the first floor that you open with the sword key. As you go through that door, you the camera yourself. immediately right on you. You can yep. hear the shuffling footsteps of something that doesn't quite sound human in its movements, but you can't see directly in front of you. The camera is right up on, on, on the screen, and you're, you're effectively you're forced to move immediately forward into the unknown. <laughs> you, know, you, yep. you can hear something's going on. You get that, I think, particularly when you enter the residence for the first time, without the sound, but the camera's right up on Jill. I don't know how common it was to use that technique, but I think they used it brilliantly in this game. There's a little bit of it in the, in the original. Um, that one in the in the mansions definitely there. I don't remember if the one in the guardhouse was, but there's no there's no uh, sense of danger or elements. There's no noise or anything. It's just a, a close-up shot. You come through the door, and I guess the only suspense is should I move forwards? Is there going to be something right in front of me? The director's cut and also the remake make use of the theatre room. There's that mirror, and so it has that close-up shot of the of the character but you can see an enemy reflected in the mirror behind you which i thought was also quite clever in that same way again the guardhouse section was one of my favorites in the original because i thought that was one of the hardest sections in the game because you were suddenly introduced to spider baws you had neptune you had plant 42 you had the vines as well didn't you creeping up through the holes 
and yeah, the, and the option wasps. Of yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and it was all suddenly like the level of difficulty ramped up. I thought, and it was it suddenly turned into okay, this is not just random zombies. And I thought they portrayed the guardhouse bit just as brilliantly. The music I thought was immense. That, that kind of like that was really scary. Which, back if, in the if you look on the floor, I, I made a note because I wouldn't have known this otherwise. But I, it says a six four four dash one when you go down because that was how I was going to reference that music because I'd never heard it before and it just it was to me that was pure zombie horror film each particular track is quite distinct you know they're not kind of using the same sort of sounds and that that yeah Nick that really hit me when usually you would go down into to aqua ring and you you get dun 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 and, oh, yeah. and there's nothing else there but just that alone was really unnerving and um kind of really brought the experience alive uh, you know i'm playing video games at an age when perhaps i shouldn't be and you know it, obviously as you get away from being a child you know started playing video games when i was eight and you can really you know throw yourself into that world it's becoming increasingly harder as i become a boring adult but you know there, there's no problem with that with remake even today i mean I, I was playing it and i'd been after you return to the mansion you've killed plant 42 and you've got the hunters going around and I was I got poisoned by one of the snakes when I was trying to lift up the water so I could expose the fountain and, and, and go into the tombs, uh, the catacombs. And I was poisoned by one of the snakes, so I had to go all the way back to the mansion into that room where you've got the blue herbs growing. Yeah. Thinking to myself, well, I've already I've already dispatched the zombie that's in there, and completely forgot that you've got a hunter that bursts through the door if you go in there for a second time after you've killed the zombie. And yeah, I mean, fucking hell, my heart skipped a beat there. That, that took took a few months off my life. <laughs> yeah, as I said, that's almost like that kind of random element, isn't it? You just don't know what to expect. And I think that was its biggest success, was that for uh, hardcore fans, as I said, who probably knew the game inside out, back to front, certainly I completed Biohazard one more times than any of the others. It just became so random and so unpredictable as you played through. You just didn't know what to expect. And I think you touched on the zombies at the door at the... The, the, who was it? He's the one that get poisoned by the yawn. Richard. Richard, yeah, yeah, because sometimes he bursts through after. Um, you, mean, uh, 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 you mean Forrest? Is it Forrest? Oh, sorry. Yeah, Forrest. Sometimes he bursts through, and, then, and sometimes he doesn't. There's a mode about him, isn't there, when you complete the game? One dangerous zombie mode, and then he the gets grenades on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you but, blow him Sorry, where does Forrest? What are we talking about when Forrest makes yeah, an appearance? Yeah. You you unlock a mode. Oh no, I've got that. So I've got I've got the guy with the I've got him when he's running around with grenades around him. But Nick, oh, okay. sorry, sorry. Yeah, sometimes he bursts through the room and starts chasing you as a oh, yeah. as a crimson head, I think. And sometimes he doesn't. Um, as I said, it's all all this kind of random, unpredictable nature. Um, oh, sorry, I thought you meant kind of before you play that mode, because other, no, no, you, sorry, no. you only find him kind of pecked to death, don't you, on, on the terrace? Going quickly back to subtle differences again, like in, in the guardhouse, you think you've, you've seen it all, even like the the wasp nest and things but then there's that a, a nice new quite minor point in one of the bunk bedrooms with a, with a man with a you know who's killed himself that's that really harrowing note he's left and then you get got the hand cannon you got oh, one shot if you want to take him out or not or do you want to save it and you know that's nice it, it wasn't particularly difficult was it you, you could see what was going to happen but so that's uh, that's another random element sometimes he doesn't drop oh, oh yeah no yeah, so you, I went in, like, I've had it go, happens that he drops pretty much straight away. I've had it so that he doesn't drop at all. I've had him that I've gone into the bathroom and both him and the zombie that are already in there get up at the same time. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's completely random. And, and even today, I mean, I've been playing this game solidly for years. And even the other day, something new happened. Lisa Trevor's cabin. 
when she enters, I just happened to be standing at a particular point where I was looking out of a window that overlooked the door that she comes in, and you can actually see her walking in. That that never I'd never seen that before. That's quite cool. Yeah, think... if you stand by her bed, there's like a window, like an internal window, and it, and it looks over the front door, and you can actually see her coming in and, and, and shuffling across. Now, see, I, was, I was a big fan of the Lisa Trevor involvement, especially because you got to go outside a bit more. I always think Biohazard is actually best when you're out in the, like the forest and the wilderness, and I think it was one of Zero's biggest failings, not exploring the Arclay Forest as much as I think they should have done. So I, I, I was pleased in, in Remake you got to spend a lot of time out, although it's very linear, wasn't it? But you, you got to still spend a bit of time in the darkness uh, at night and you had no idea where, what was coming. Of dog, You'd hear the dogs, were they going to burst out? And you had, you know, Lisa was around as well. And I thought that was that was good. And the skulls, didn't you, were pointing down all the hands. That was wicked. I, I got my biggest scare out of the entire game in the forest. After you visit the cabin the first yeah. time there's a zombie that's out there you just don't I, expect... I, I killed it and it landed in the grass and i completely forgot about it and then the second time when you come back obviously you come back through from the mines and i was just running through there thinking oh yeah there's nothing around i can't hear anything all of a sudden this crimson just pops out of the grass <laughs> and i couldn't see entirely and i i honestly just cracked my pants like <laughs> it was the scariest thing i've seen in any of the games probably i didn't totally didn't expect it and i just because i've forgotten you know i was like oh yeah i've cleared out all the zombies i've cleared out all the crimson heads and there i was proved completely wrong as i said it, it makes that extra tactical element because you had to suddenly start lo- loading up your map again and thinking now i killed a zombie here i didn't get rid of him how long have i got you know you started noting where, where you last saw that zombie and whether or not you're going to go back and try and kill it or that's also a random element because you sometimes go past the zombie that you've downed three four five times and it won't get up and then sometimes you'll knock one down the next time you come and it gets up straight away it's it, it, it's always that unknown as well i want to quickly talk about the t-virus in this because this was something that caused a lot of debate at the time i'm sure newsbot can testify this magical one month or no sorry three month rule that kind of seemingly came out of Mikami's mouth, but no one can ever relay that particular interview, that you'll only get a crimson head if the zombie has been, or that the person has been infected with a T-virus for three months. I remember this debate quite well. But if everyone can remember, it was always about this mythical interview that no one can relay, but everyone knows about it, and it ultimately proved to be completely wrong. And we had a new strain of the T-virus, which was developed based on the blood of the first crimson head which just had that unique mutation the problem was it wasn't mentioned in english so but it was it was this is the whole i remember i remember it's in the archives in the english archives it's quite oh it's in archives but not in the game sure sure i said i remember looking at it and i just totally disregarded i remember when when, before we had pu and we had that our little secret forum i remember looking again is that right and I, I just, I don't know why, I just completely disregarded it, thinking, oh, archives must be wrong. But it, it says in the archives that it's a different type of T-virus. Coming yeah, I think there. I think in about 2005, people were a lot more critical of archives at the time. If anything didn't fit with the games, it was just considered nonsense, really. Mm. But that's been proven to be completely opposite. And... Yeah, so we, it's, it's a unique T-virus um, variant, I said, that, that causes that. And it's never really been back again we've had in umbrella chronicles the kind of forced v act i know it was dark side the no, crimson are in umbrella yeah, the, yeah, yeah it is in the russian facility and i'm not that clear on because you had semi crimson heads in dark side I, I, I think so i not sh- they they look a bit different but and, and leon notes it in the game doesn't he goes oh these look a bit different yeah i think they were put in suspended animation or something to slow the v act process 
down or something. To retain a bit of control? Is that right? I don't know. But yeah, it's a unique T-virus, and uh, but, you know, that's the cause of it. And that's why you can't have Crimson Heads in any, in any other game unless otherwise... Said. Right, what other Lisa Trevor, the, the Trevor, let's just expand it on the Trevors. George, I know obviously this is very close to your heart. <laughs> this game finally brought the Trevors who are briefly mentioned in the original game. I hadn't played the original. It's unfortunate, it would have been a great experience for me. I, I wasn't aware of you know the Trevor diaries from the fifteen minute demo. What really because obviously George George Trevor himself, you know, you've got greater, more rounded characters in the actual game. But what really got me, perhaps it was my inexperience in, in playing these types of video games, but was the, the real level of desperation and tragedy you had. You know, you've got this guy, he, his, his daughter and, and his wife have been murdered. I mean, that in itself, it was just dealing with that, that a 14-year-old girl being incarcerated and, and, and mutated. That really got to me. I think that the actual Trevor Diary is a great use of having, you've got this, well, it's only split into two, isn't it? But you've got almost like a running commentary of someone else that's, a, you know, a fellow prisoner as you, but this has happened in the past. And there's always that suggestion that whatever fate befell Trevor is going to befall you as the player. So as, you, as, you, as you're further investigating into this mansion, you're reading what previously happened to Trevor. And, and I'd say it's, it's almost a, a commentary to, to what you're expecting to happen. And you've got these elsewhere you know, you've got the desperation of Martin Crackhorn, um, you know, in his will. Sorry, I'm a child. Karen. <laughs> and I don't know if it's him or someone's begging Linda, his wife, for forgiveness. So, you know, you've really got a sense that you're not the only one in here and that there have been others before you. And you get the real, you know, desperation of these characters and, and the, the loved ones that they've lost, the wives and the daughters. So I, I found that quite moving. It was. And I think that the tragedy of Lisa Trevor certainly played out in this Definitely by the time you fight her, the final time, I think where the body of Jessica is. Yeah, the pushing the stones. Yeah, you felt really sorry for her. You wanted to, you know, because yeah. you knew you couldn't beat her because she was almost, she was she was indefeatable with conventional weaponry, and and you you felt for her, didn't you? And you... They, they they don't pull any punches, Capcom, with with, with this. You know, it, it's not as if there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Someone's wife and fourteen-year-old daughter have you know effectively been murdered. I can't remember the, the guy that Rombie mentioned that, that's hanging. You know, you don't just have newspapers with a bit of blood on there. If you, if you read the description, someone has actually vomited up blood onto the newspapers. So I, I think the level of detail that's gone into these particular tragedies, you know, not just with George Trevor, with, you know, the um, Martin Crackhorn and, and, and the Keeper. I mean, the Keeper's diary, again, doesn't pull any punches at all. You know, by the end of it, you know, itchy tasty. Um, <laughs> it's classic. Yeah. Wesker. Jill, so you're safe. That's what I was going to say. I apologize. It was all I could do to protect myself against those strange creatures. I understand. Anyway, it's good that you're safe. Did you notice? Barry, you sounded a little flaky. Now that you mention it, yeah. I'll keep a close eye. Maybe it's quite natural under these circumstances. It's not really our standard operation. Jill, our first priority is to get out of here. I agree. There are still rooms in that mansion we can't get into because they're locked up. I've been looking for ways to... Okay, if there's anything, I'll go back to the other mansion. I'm counting on you. 
I, I was just going to ask, I, I don't know if anyone noticed, in the guardhouse right beside where uh, you meet Wesker in the hallway, which is one of the few things I, not in Jill's game, but in Chris's game, one of the few things I have issue with, but I'll get back to that. Um, there's a stack of newspapers by the window, and if you yeah. search it, it says the articles are all about stars. Yeah. I thought that was really weird. I just uh, it was one of the few things I was really weirded out about. I was like, who has been collecting articles about stars and why are they in the guardhouse? <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't really fit for me. You're right because you've got obviously the only person with a secret agenda and an interest in stars is Wesker, who obviously doesn't need to collect those articles. I mean, it, it does suggest, doesn't it, that there's some sort of conspiracy going on? Yeah, well, there's, there's right. another there's another fun one in the recreation room. It says uh, there's an arm wrestling contest for. Being chief of police for a day. <laughs> yeah, that's the prize. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great, yeah, very sort of strange prize. I thought the newspaper one might be a throwback to the file that you get in the original Resident Evil, which has all those newspaper clippings, which obviously has about the stars investigating the murders in the forest. But I kind of thought maybe that was the intent, but it doesn't come off that way. It kind of seems creepy and a bit weird. But this is what's so great about this game is that there's you've got little things like that that we've got at PU. You've got whole threads just discussing these tiny little you know I- iconic moments or descriptions. I mean, another one is the the room on the first floor where you've got the bed and the description that it looks like there's footsteps running through the bed. And, and that... Oh, yes, yeah. Regards to Wesker, like, in Jill's game, obviously, you have the, the sub-story with Barry, and Barry's always, obviously always being that support person. He brings you ammo, he fixes the door handle, which was also a nice little touch. But I kind of find it a bit weird in Chris's game that Wesker becomes that person. He gives chris gifts basically he <laughs> and he and he provides he fixes the door handle and he turns up for the fight at the end it's, it, it kind of goes against the whole point of what would seemingly whiskers goals were especially around zero and and, and mm. just in general as well whereas barry's loyalties are tied Wesker's yeah never yeah exactly it's, it's always a little bit unsettled to me i wonder if whiskers just trying to sort of keep the others alive long enough to record some decent combat data yeah that's the vibe i got he's trying to allow them to fight the BOWs otherwise if they're empty-handed and they're just going to get destroyed basically but the differences between the original game where Barry's role still existed with the extra items because obviously Jill was the easier game option but also that it was part of the story Chris didn't have that and it's one of those things they've added in the remake that I don't think just works quite as well but I do understand that the getting the bio weapon test data probably does make it a bit more of a priority. Another thing about Wesker that took me a while to sort of get my head around was in the original game he sort of came across as your sort of self-assured leader who was on Umbrella's payroll but he didn't really know much about what was going on. At least that's the impression I got. He obviously saw a bit about the virus. He saw the tyrant, realised the power it wields and then he wanted that. Whereas in the remake, obviously, they've changed it with uh, Wesker's report to when it turns out he's been on Umbrellas. He's not just been on their payroll. He's been one of their chief researchers for 20-odd years, and he was actually involved in the virus development. And obviously, since then, the subsequent games that have come out, it all fits really well. But going back to when Remake first came out, I found that a little hard to take at the time. Yeah, Wesker doesn't look like a researcher. Mm. He certainly doesn't <laughs> act like one either. Every time you see him in those slides, it's <laughs> yeah, the original or the remake, he just looks so out of place. The guy yeah. with the sunglasses. But you, I mean, uh, this is more more the original. But I remember when you first pick up that slide and you sit and you go, "I knew it," or something like that. It's just that you know, because you, if, especially if you're Jill, you assume Barry's a baddie, don't you? It's quite obvious, and you kind of forget about Wesker, and then you just see it and go, oh, "There it is." 
do you think it's a purposeful point with, with Barry and, and and the fact that you know he, he's a traitor, but he's he's effectively been forced in that position. I don't know if it's a purposeful touch, but the fact that he's the one that's always giving Jill, was it the can of fizz, as he calls it? And, you know, he, he's, I mean, until the very end, he's, he's very much there to help Jill, you know, with ammunition, with lockpicks and, and things like that. So I don't know if that was kind of, you know, trying to, you know, suggest, you know, that at heart, you know, obviously he was a good man. Yeah, we were just, say, we were just saying that his, his loyalties were fairly tied, weren't they? Uh, between stars and obviously his family, what Wesker was bribing him. Yeah, yeah, in the original, he's openly conflicted, like the part when you drop down the hole in the mm. piano room, and he 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 drops the rope on purpose, but then says he'll go back and get another one, and he, he eventually does, which just highlights the conflict in him. It's it's probably a bit really reflected in the remake, the confrontation around Lisa Trevor, but then there's also that scene in the mines where he takes the lift back up, and it seems like, oh, what an absolute douchebag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to ask as well, sorry, I'm sorry for this. There are a few changes in the game that perhaps are missing. Well, I mean, maybe it was more noticeable at the time when I first played it you know, in 2002 against the original. But there's a few things in the game that I was quite surprised didn't get changed, like the shotgun trap roof doesn't fit anywhere in the mansion like those sorts of things never got changed in the remake they redesigned the entire mansion and yet that you go into there there's no way that that roof could collapse where it's placed on the first floor on the ground floor and it still hasn't been changed oh yeah <laughs> that's a good point i'm no architect but could it be a full ceiling it's a separate ceiling to what? the it's a giant concrete slab that slides <laughs> down on the floor above i'm not no um, and the room above it, I think, if I remember correctly, is supposed to be the one, well, in the original, it'd be the big open room where the, you have the yawn battle, where it oh, yeah. makes the hole in the floor. And on the remake, it's the one with the statue, which you have to push. But there's still no space where a, a concrete slab could just come out of the floor. That's a very good point. But I, and on that point, though, as well, is there any... Like, I, I think there was a lot of missed opportunities, especially... In, I, I mean, it's, it's obviously open to interpretation, the fact that there's no one particular canon path, but... I kind of expected more of a tie-in with Rebecca and Zero. There's a lot of... She's a, she's almost a different character yet again between the two games. Yeah, considering both were in development at roughly the same time. I, I know it's all part of the story because obviously she didn't want to get in trouble about Billy, but you're right, that the, the characters are very different. That they, they could have been a bit more crossover. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I was, is there any other that issue or, or any other missing elements they kind of think should have been well, there for the other games? considering the definitive version, if you like, of the original is the Sega Saturn version. I'm surprised ticks weren't in there. I thought they could have made the Saturn version a bit more prominent. Obviously, very few people got to play it, so why not Why not have, the, have, have them roaming around as well? Bring me my gold tyrant. Damn straight, yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, they could have done them, though. But, I mean, it would, it would have been a bit odd. But the um, I, I'm, I'm surprised. It's not that much of an issue, really, is it? But um, I was, I was semi-half expecting them when I, when I was playing through it the first time. I thought when I get to the catacombs, I remember getting to the catacombs especially and getting out. I wonder if we're going to have hunters here or we're going to have brown hunters as they, you know, most are, aren't they? I've just clicked on to another, another thing was that, um, obviously, for, I think, all of you, you, you played the remake, obviously, quite fresh maybe previously played the original game, but you didn't... None of you had seen the videos and the stuff on online beforehand, aside from Paul, obviously, as you were saying before, because they obviously had the web, Japanese website, and every week they were putting up these videos of, here's a creature, here's a character, here's a weapon that you get to use, and it kind of showed off all the elements of the game even before it even came out. No, I, I came to it completely new. I played Resident Evil 2 on the Nintendo 64, and simply because that was obviously... 
a sequel, I was, you know, in, intrigued by where, you know, how the story began. I hadn't played the original. And what certainly got me, I, I the only thing I really noticed prior to playing the game in the reviews was what interested me. I hadn't had this experience before that there were quite a few different endings, uh, you know, quite a few different takes on, on how you could complete the game. And there's quite a lot of game modes afterwards we've already touched upon. There's once again mode, wasn't there? Then there's one dangerous zombie mode. Um, and visible zombie, uh, visible enemies. Oh, yeah. That's pretty difficult, isn't it? Which is really hard. Real survivor mode as well. Yeah. That's what I was going to say, how many yeah, so. you originally wanted it to have, you know, the where you dropped your items, they stayed in that particular item box. And I think, wasn't that how he initially had wanted the game to be? Yeah. And what was quite it, good, the, the, the voice acting was still shocking, wasn't it, as well? Although a bit better. It, it has its moments. <laughs> it's better than the original. Like I, I, I have to admit, when I, I replayed it this week, and it's the first time I've probably played remake in about six or seven years. There's a lot of stilted lines. It's not bad delivery. It's just a lot of weird pauses. But there's still some clunky dialogue in there. Stuff that doesn't make sense. I think that whole conversation that Jill has with Wesker in the guardhouse doesn't make any sense. Which what, I can't what remember. Conversation. What did she say? I can't remember. Uh, Wesker's disappeared, you have to remember, so obviously he disappeared, he came back out into the dining room, he disappeared, and then she comes out, and in the original there's that conversation about uh, he went missing, and, and she makes a weird statement, I can't remember what it is in the remake exactly, but I know that she kind of skips over even asking him where he disappeared to, mm. she just kind of assumes that he's he always just arrived, oh well, you know, and, and there's no questioning, there's no back and forth about it, and, and then he, she, he basically orders her to go back to the mansion, and she just does it anyway, like... <laughs> <laughs> if your boss had kind of flaked out on you and disappeared and doesn't tell you why he disappeared, would you still want to take orders from him? <laughs> and she had suspicions as well, didn't she, at that point? about Yeah, him. because he's disappeared, yeah. So yeah. She seems kind of cautious about him. Um, but then she still goes, yes, I'll go back to the mansion. It's still very quite clunky. Is that you, Jill? Is that voice Enrico's? Yeah. You're alive! Stop! Are you with anybody, Jill? No, but why? <sighs> the stars are finished. Someone is a traitor. Umbrella set us up. Africo! Traitor? Who? that's another thing i mean i know a majority of people playing this game would have played the original but the remake makes no attempt whatsoever to hide the fact that wesker is a traitor really i mean when he jill hears barry's conversation with someone in the guardhouse in the original you can just hear barry in this one yeah. you can clearly hear him talking to wesker uh, yeah and even when enrico gets shot you can recognize wesker's boots and the gunshot is wesker's samurai edge you know it's it didn't really do much to make the traitor of the stars team you know a mystery i i think this is going back to that website thing i think a lot of it was that they just remade it with the intent that they were knowing that there's a lot of people who played the original yeah out there and it wasn't really focused to get new people on board it was more uh, the nostalgia of the original i mean that, that the first marketing they they did behind it was entirely based on that so i i, I maybe they're just like let's throw the let's make it blatant let's throw it completely out the window okay well we've touched on some negatives but what negatives can anyone really think of the game in general? I mean, are we talking about the controls? Did they seem even outdated then? Was it was it in need of a major overhaul? Did anyone think the pre-rendered backgrounds should have been fully 3D? Or we had Code Veronica by then. 
What, what, what negatives there can, can anyone draw from the game? I mean, I would only nitpick because... Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I, as you mentioned, the controls, I completely forgot. I mean, I, I had a significant period of time where the controls ruined the entire experience for me. And it was really only the fact that I could see that if I could get past this, there was the most phenomenal game to be played. I mean, it, it took me a good few days before I could even you know, control the figure without it going around in 360 all the time. I think there's two different options for the controls. And, and I know certainly that one I can't use at all. It's completely unusable for me. And I can only use the other one. The pre-rendered backgrounds, the detail is stunning. And, and you couldn't at the time have achieved that detail with 3D backgrounds. So I wouldn't criticise it for that. I can't, th- I mean, I, one thing that frustrates me is if you, at the very, with Lisa Trevor by, Jessica Trevor by Lisa's tomb, if you push the four stones off, and you as Jill and you keep Barry alive you don't get to pick up you know Barry, if you keep Barry alive you don't then get to pick up that little photograph of him and his family um that's the only thing that that that's that used to oh that's, what a shit game <laughs> <laughs> I can't pick up the file <laughs> yeah and you know I'm, I'm I'm yeah I was quite anal with having you know having every single file and that used to annoy me a bit so you touched on the controls I mean I was really concerned about the controls having before i got the game because uh is what i bought the gamecube for obviously i was very used to the playstation controls i had i've still got the the resident evil controller for the playstation i'm not sure if anyone's ever used it the most horrendous controller you'll ever play with oh yeah i mean it's it's, it's like that chainsaw one it just the actual game that it plays to is unplayable yeah well this this is the one that's got one one handle looks like a gun Gun grip with the tea bags. Yeah, oh my god, I want yeah. one of those tea bags. I was so desperate for tea. <laughs> I've got I to myself, I'm gonna sell this on eBay. And of course, the GameCube controller is quite unique, isn't it? It is actually heralded as one of the greatest controllers that's ever been released. Um, I absolutely hate the octagonal control stick. It drives well, the, me the, C, the C stick. No, just the regular, the analog one. Oh, it's, right, got, right. it's got the eight-sided shape, and it's it's so uncomfortable for a game like Resident Evil, where you're constantly pushing hard in one direction. I thought, I thought it worked okay. So I came into a lot of trepidation, but I thought, you know, a bit like George said, after you got used to it, it worked okay. And you had the quick turn, didn't you, with the C-stick? Yeah, C-stick, or you could still do it the old-fashioned way, which was down and the opposite way from where you're facing. And Yeah, apart, apart from that, I mean, I'd say the con- I thought the controls were getting a bit out there, and I think even by the time you had zero, zero is definitely the last one that could that could really do with these controls yeah as i said apart from that i mean i i find it difficult to really find that much fault with the game as i said we, you know we've talked about the atmosphere in particular and how emotive and genuinely scary and that's quite hard to say actually in, in a game you know even compared to zero which you never felt really was that scary but remake sustained that scare throughout i mean if they gave you know if they gave awards for the scores of video games i mean this one for me i, I can't think of any other video game where the background music is is just so perfectly accompanied with your surrounds and really adds a further dimension to the horror and again all quite different you know the neptune tank music you know the, the first floor hallway music um i think capcom absolutely surpassed themselves with, with the score can we just have a quick mention on neptune moment because i know we did when we did the original i remember george you quite expressly saying uh oh that's the most superior neptune moment obviously occurred in remake and uh, i i just very briefly want to talk about it as my prerogative as host how great was it? <laughs> I'm sorry. It was that, especially because um, you can get, depending on how you play it, you had um... Richard. Richard, Jesus Christ, I'm terrible. Richard come down as well, didn't he? And he comes down and tries to be a hero. And 
I mean, the shot, the great white is huge. And you're like, oh, flipping heck. And, and the, the, the whole aquaring moment is absolutely brilliant. And you just run like shit. And if you're injured at all, you are so screwed. That's one of those things I was going to say about the controls is that the controls are, com- I found the controls completely adequate for the entire for the entire game, for the general, as GT said before, you know, the mundaneness, but with the atmosphere, but you're just walking around shooting zombies and stuff. But when it came to the bosses, because the bosses have changed, I find the controls are actually out of touch with those bosses. The snake moves a lot faster, the sharks are way more vicious, mm-hmm. and as and you're saying, like, if you're low on health, you're screwed. <laughs> you're absolutely yeah. screwed. No, 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 very good point. I so said you, you couldn't make it past the Neptune bit. You had the, if you got attacked by one of the little ones, and you couldn't get it to the room to do the puzzle. There was another example for me um, of just the, uh, the way that just new things are occurring and can surprise you in this game. Because I, no matter how many times I tried, I always used to get uh, bitten by that tiny little shark, the first one. So I'd had enough. And so the other day I just started shooting him and killed him. And I didn't notice if you kill the first shark, there's then this split second kind of cutscene where the larger one just kind of goes for you. And then uh, I don't know if anyone's noticed that. Oh, it takes a big try to bite onto the actual platform you're on yeah, yeah i think it's kind of lunges for you which yeah. i've not yeah I've, I've never seen before and I, I presumed only happened because for the first time ever i actually shot the very first shark that you come across ah, that's good yeah, you're sloshing through the water aren't you and then the screen suddenly starts to shake and you know Shakes it's coming it. yeah and that, that was one of the surprise kills at the end when you, you've drained the water the shark's just flopping around and in the original, that, that didn't do anything, I don't think. But then I thought, ha, 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 goodbye, Neptune. And then it can still eat you and kill you. And I was like, oh, you fucker. That was so yeah. satisfying, electrocuting him. <laughs> yeah, it was. But he can still kill you if you, you get too close. And well, after electrocuting him? No, no, before before you, you electrocute him. You drain the water. You, you get, um, you see he's flopping around. And you've got to jump up onto the ledge before you electrocute him. And if you get too close, he can still take you down. Is that right? Yeah, I yeah, I thought so. Yeah, no, I remember. I'm sure I remember dying that way. I was like, "You fucker!" Oh, that's good. That's another positive I didn't even think about before. It's just the animations still absolutely stunning. Like, the, if you get killed or knocked out, and it's every time you see it, obviously when Lisa knocks you out, but the the characters and and also zombies just like fall with this weight that looks just absolutely realistic. Like they just drop, but everything lets go, and and, and all the anim- animations of just of just about everything in the game is just absolutely stunning. And what I, I also like is that not everything was obvious where you had to. Like obviously, you had the shiny things shining and stuff, but everything seemed to work. So it wasn't obvious that you need you could push that item and things like that. And it, I think it's still good. Right. Um. I think we can look at scoring. What I, I can predict the scores, but we'll, we'll quickly run through them. What did everyone uh, think out of ten, George? Well, I know it's it's boring, but it is. It's 10 out of 10. I, um, but specifically, I'm not just lazily giving it that. I can't think of any, you asked before, that there's no significant fault in this game at all. If you can get past the controls, it's 10 out of 10. Absolutely. Uh, Batman? Yeah, I'd agree with that. It's practically perfect. It's by far and away the game I've played the most. It's easily my favourite game. Uh, Newsbot? Yeah, I'm going to have to agree. It's pretty much the perfect game for a genre. And finally, Rombie? I'm going to be the combo breaker. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. Oh, <laughs> uh, only because, and I, I just say this, as I said before, I haven't played it in about 6 or 7 years, and it took me a while to warm back into it. And, and it was, at the time, one of my favourite games. It probably is still ranked as probably my favourite, or maybe second to the original, only because I played that endlessly between 96 mm. and 98. The backgrounds have started to age, and I would love Capcom to put this out in HD. I really would. I would play oh, yeah, it endlessly yeah. if they put it out in HD. 
And if that was the case, it'd be a 10 out of 10. Just on that little bump and the fact that I, I, I went playing again wasn't quite as I remembered. There was more nostalgia to it. I'm just going to drop it down to 9 out of 10, but still pretty awesome. Before we move on, I just want to say, uh, Newspot, is Mick, uh, Mikami gets a lot of praise for this game. And it, 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 I think he's rightly deserved in this one. His contributions of this is quite high compared to others, where we found out it wasn't as high as perhaps everyone thought. Oh yeah, the reason it wasn't changed as much and pretty much it has the perfect amount of changes was because Mikami openly uh, knew that if you made too many changes or too little, people would complain. So so he, he did, I, I quite rightly deserves the praise for this one for making it. Probably. Yeah. Oh, excellent. And what are the chances of an HD release? Because it's never been anything other than on a Nintendo console. I can't imagine the exclusivity deal still applies, does it? I was going to say, I, I think the issue is that they have to go back and redo all the backgrounds because I don't like that. I mean, the elements they've still got them. Obviously, they used them for um, Umbrella Chronicles, but they'd have to re-render everything in a, in a high reason. I don't. Is the remake on Wii and widescreen? Oh no, you have to turn widescreen options off. It's important. So it's still in 4x3, so there's another issue as well. Yeah, it's exactly the same, no different to the original. Oh, there you go. All right, well, we'll live and hope. Well, that concludes our discussion on the remake, unless anyone else has anything else to contribute finally. Oh, I'd, just before that, I mentioned that George Trevor has his diary split into two, but there's actually a third note from George Trevor, which I particularly enjoy because he references a picture of a mansion in the back of the art room, you know, this, this secret sanctuary that, that even Suspenser doesn't know about. And obviously I took particular enjoyment from the fact that letter's undated. You know, the developers purposely left this undated, so suggesting that it, it could be the last letter that he wrote. And it's, you know, it slightly leaves it open-ended, you know, in terms of what, you know, what his fate was. Oh, yeah. Until, until Nick plays Genesis and then tells me that George <laughs> was found in a cell in Genesis. <laughs> there was always that discussion that the uh, crimson head in the yeah, tomb yeah. was possibly George Trevor, and, mm. and but that's never confirmed, was it? It was. Well, just... I, I think it may have been newsbot that I, I read made the point that it, it couldn't be George Trevor because the T virus, which obviously had infected the, the, the crimson head elder, wasn't in existence in '67 when when George was incarcerated. No T virus was. But you've just made the point that that file didn't have a date on it. So how long do we know he was alive for? That's a good point. But well, he would have had to have survived to the 80s, wouldn't he? He's got a he's got a beard. I don't I don't know. It's a possibility. Well, that'll be a showstopper if he turns up in Resident Evil Six or Seven or something. <laughs> <laughs> George Trevor was behind it all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, well, the theory is that that Crimson Head was the very first example, and that's kind of why the scientists particularly incarcerated him like that. Uh, yeah, it was the first example they'd seen of the VAC process. Yeah, I've always wondered what that liquid is because you know you, you, the chains come off and uh, it's not. Bl- I don't think it's blood, but is it liquid that he was stored in? What? Oh, is oh, it not? Yeah. You know, I thought I always thought it was blood because what spatters on there's that effect. But it's a lot. It's a lot of it. Like <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it could be, but because it splatters on the camera, doesn't it? There's that effect where it's as if you're looking through a camera and you've got uh, you, you've got it spatter on the camera. I think it's blood from what I remember. It's reddish in colour anyway. But yeah, you're right. There is quite a lot of it, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> quite how putting death mask on unchained. Oh, I don't know, but you know, you don't worry about things like that. Right. <laughs> so... Oh yeah, that's can I, that's, uh, that's my only other criticism. Each time you put a death mask on, you've got that fantastic effect where it's you know. It, but the third death mask hardly has any effect on it. You know, you've got the first death mask and and, and the chain drops and it and it shakes, and then the second one, it's almost about. Then you put the third one on, it's just a little wiggle, and that was it. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then it just drops on the fourth line. It's got yeah. funk. Yeah, it's the, the shuffling. Remember. Well, we've had we've had a, uh, a call in from our regular call in contributor Vito, so let's take a listen and see what he's got to say. I feel old. I can't believe it's been ten years since I played this game. Remake is in fact the first game in the series that I got and completed. Yes, George, you're not alone there. I actually played the original many years later. I remember seeing the remake on a game shop here in Mexico after seeing the first Resident Evil movie. And since I had a GameCube, decided to get it. Funny story, my brother, who's three years younger than me, went there to get it for me the next day. The reason for this is because he got off school earlier than me. I was in middle school and he was in primary school. I think that's what you call it there. And I remember thinking all the way back to my home that day. Man, he's gonna be the first one to play it. And... I won't be able to play that day, and stuff like that, but to my surprise, when I got home, he was watching TV, so I immediately thought the worst and asked him, why the hell are you not playing? Does the game suck? Or what? Answers, dammit! And I still remember his answer as clear as day. I got scared. Holy fucking shit. It wasn't common here that a game, a video game, scares you. So I immediately rushed to my room and began playing it. Oh my god, I loved the atmosphere and got sucked into the game immediately. The characters, the story, the graphics, the zombies, they were all amazing. The first time that you enter a room and hear a zombie's moan, it's just amazing. 
it gets your blood pumping. It really, really is something else. It's a really great fucking feeling. And don't, I can't forget the fantastic soundtrack. Tracks like Lost in Darkness, its appearance, they really got the mood going throughout the entire game. Everything was perfect. Everything. In my opinion, this is the ultimate survival horror game. Especially playing the unlockable mode, the real survival mode. It was just mind-fucking-blowing. And it's sad that this market, this current market, won't allow for a game as this special to be made again. <sighs> it sucks, but no game will ever surpass the epicness that I experienced while playing Remake. Never. No, senor. Not in terms of horror, story, characters. It will never be a game that surpasses Remake for me in those departments. Capcom really made THE survival horror masterpiece. And I can't wait to see if Resident Evil 6 is their survival action, action horror, whatever you want to call it, masterpiece. And since there's only 40-something days left, the wait won't be much longer. But in the meantime, if you excuse me, I'm gonna go and play Remake again because, man, just amazing. I have to play it. Alright, I appreciate There you go. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I think he, he shares our views that we've all had. It was... It was quite strange hearing Vito not angry. <laughs> I, I, I really just want to go to Mexico and play Remake with Vito. I thought that was a brilliant call. And, and the word he used, masterpiece. And you could hear, you know, in his voice when he was talking about his first experience with the zombie. Fantastic. I want to go to Mexico now. Anyway, that's really uh, interesting. But yes, uh, I think I think I think Vito shares our, uh, our views that we that we relayed just how important the game was in, in, in the series. And he certainly obviously had the experience um, that a lot of us had, perhaps even with the original, but was reaffirmed very much in in remake. And obviously holds dear in our hearts this game. That's our only call in this week, folks. So uh, keep them coming in. Okay, without that, that will uh, that conclude our discussion, and we'll now move on to Neptune and Newsies. Biohazard Quiz. Five questions, three participants, and one topic. It's Neptune and Newsies Biohazard Quiz. So hello and welcome to this edition of Neptune and Newsies Biohazard Quiz. I'm sure you're all very excited. A quick recap of the scores after our Olympic special. Batman, you are in the lead with 29 uh, George Trevor is third uh, on 21. Mr. Spencer's on 23 and a half. Terrible order for me saying that, but never mind. Um, a quick recap of the guest scores. Ridley's on four, Welsh is on three, Smiley's on three, Syndra came in with two and a half. Selfish Gene, Ty and Zombie Fred scored a solitary point. Uh, Rombie, it's your turn this week. No. You can join the illustrious 
one-pointers, perhaps, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, once again, uh, Mr. Spencer's deciding that World of Warcraft is far more exciting than a Project Umbrella podcast, and he's wasting his money doing that. So, Rompy, would you step in for Mr. Spencer? Oh. <laughs> can I score so badly that we can start giving him negative points now? <laughs> but uh, I'm sure George doesn't mind. Now, uh, Romby, I, I do believe you're one of our many listeners of the podcast, so I think you know the rules and how, yes. how it works. Okay. Yes. So um, you may actually need in this one certainly a bit of pen and paper opening for this, or a notepad open, because there there may be some writing down to do. Uh-oh. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it may be, I don't know. It depends how, how good your knowledge is. So without further ado, let's uh, crack on with the quiz. So if everyone gets their desktops clear, question number one comes from uh, Project Umbrella member El Veltro. Uh, it's a question about our last week's discussion, which is, of course, Dark Side Chronicles. So what does it say on the back of Steve Burnside's Western outfit in Resident Evil, the Dark Side Chronicles? So not, not the not the Rockford prison number. No, not the. Uh, no, no. Apparently there's another there's a, there's a Western outfit that he wears. And it's, it's a bonus costume. Sorry? Is it a bonus costume? I think so. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. yeah, it is. Fuck. Terrific. I'm not gonna know this. Thanks, I'm not even gonna bother googling that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Paul, there for the confirmation. But is that? I mean, I get sent these questions, uh, so I'll, I'm, I'm pleased they're right. I never actually bothered checking them. <laughs> okay. So everyone put a um, put an answer. You can actually might. It's, it's, it is guessable. I'll say that. Is it so much so much to do with cowboys? Oh, I just remember what it was. Paul's <laughs> <laughs> just the non fountain of knowledge, but uh, it's, it's guessable. Anyway, so moving on to question number two, and it comes from Vito. And it's about remake, so that's quite uh, appropriate. What is the use of the wooden mount in remake? Fucking hell. He's gone from ridiculously hard to my fucking son would know that, and he's never even played remake. <laughs> I think that's quite a simple one. I think everyone should get that one. Question number three. Greek mythology is always prevalent in Biohazard. <laughs> which, well, that's true. But which bioorganic weapon is named after the demon persification of death? Excuse me? <laughs> which BOW is named after the demon personification of death? Thank you, Wikipedia. So you've got a choice of you think about which ones are named after. Which BOW is named after Greek mythology. So uh, I'll leave you to have a guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Everyone put something? There used to be a game about dragons on the Amstrad CPC computer with the same name. Oh, OK. Uh, question number four. Which B.O.W. ate Hassan? Who? Hassan. Newsbot, do you know this one? Just say yes or no. No. Oh, this is from a file. So which B.O.W. ate Hassan? Is this from survivor or something i couldn't possibly say right question number five you may need to get your pens and paper out for this and <laughs> i do apologize this is ridiculous give it your best go how do you create v jolt oh fucking hell yeah what i'm gonna do i'm gonna write down your answers oh god and then i'm gonna score it so no cheating what's your i'm memory? not gonna write that down i'm just gonna have to answer that that's all the uh, all the questions everyone got an answer to everything hang on i'm just doing my v jolt formation <laughs> Oh, fuck. Great, well, join us after this or we'll run through the answers. That was Roxanne by the police, or as they're now known, Sting. <laughs> a song there about a prostitute. Doesn't say what her surname is. Uh, must give her a call sometime. Uh, although the effects of 23 years on the game would not render her pleasurable to my eye. <laughs> <laughs> mm. 
Alan's funny stories. <laughs> uh, just time for one quick funny story before the news. On line four, we have Roy from Bungie. Hello, Roy. Hello. Funny story, what is it? After completing Resident Evil Revelations, I sold my Nintendo 3DS to the local paper, and then six months later, I received the very same one back as a birthday present from my brother-in-law, minus the power pack. I see. So you, uh, you, the present you gave away, you then got back? Yep, that's it. Goodbye. <laughs> what a funny story. Alan's funny stories. That is a funny story. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wonder who got the power pack. <laughs> <laughs> News. And welcome back, welcome back. So let's see how everyone has done. So question one was our question from El Veltro. What does it say on the back of Steve Burnside's Western outfit in Resident Evil Dark Side Chronicles? Let's start with Rombi. What did you put? Uh, I think it says X Monster. Right, okay. GT? What was question number one again? It was what does it say on the back of Steve Burnside? Oh, yeah, yeah, but I've no idea. Okay. <laughs> Go Cowboys. Go Cowboys. <laughs> Batman? Uh, YMCA. Do you, do you know the answer? Yes, it's Axe Monster. It is Axe Monster. Very good. Well done, Rumby. Yay. Yay. <laughs> I only played that because so I kind that, of that the first to... time, like, a month ago. <laughs> is Rumby playing as the guest or as Mr. Spencer? Both. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Well done, well done Rumby. Right, question number two was from Vito. What's the use of the Wooden Mountain remake? Uh, George? It's quite a satisfying sound when you do it. You put it onto the... You, you like the fireplace and you put it onto the burning design of the second floor map, and, and it, you get it burnt onto the mount. Okay. Batman? Yeah, you uh, put it above the fireplace and light the fire, and it burns the map onto the mount. What map? What? What map? Yeah. You never asked. That wasn't the question. Well, George specified. He may have taken this to whole new levels, my friend. Uh, map of the second floor. <laughs> and uh, Romby? The same thing. Block on the wall, light the fire, map of the second floor. Correct. Well, well, the points for all round. I just thought I'd try and tease you out of a point. But very good, very good. Yeah, it was the uh, map of the second floor. Thank you, Vito. Question three was Greek mythology has always been prevalent in Biohazard, but which BOW is named after the demon personification of death? George, you sounded fairly confident, so we'll come back to you. Uh, Batman? Um, Thanatos. Thanatos. Romby? Uh, Chimera. Oh, so Greek. And GT? I've always pronounced it Chimera, and I've always pronounced it Thanatos. Thanatos. Oh, so you're going for Thanatos? Thanatos, yeah. Now everyone says Chimera. I'm an idiot. I always used to call it Chimera. Like, <laughs> ch- chimney, chim- chimney. <laughs> it's points to Batman and George Trevor there. Yes, it is Thanatos, or Thanatos, whatever you want to call it. So well done. wasn't Chimera, unfortunately. And I couldn't tell you off the top of my head what that is. Did you know that one new spot? I'm sure you did. Yeah. Right. Which POW didn't eat Hanson, but ate Hassan instead. So all we're looking for is a POW. Uh, Rombie? Uh, I really don't know. I Crocodile? I don't know. Batman? Um, I honestly don't have a clue. 
I can't even think who Hassan is. Nothing. I'm not. How did he guess? Uh, Christ. Uh, I don't know. Liquor. Okay. Right. And George. I'm pissed off because I'm letting myself down because I'm pretty sure this guy was in a. He was talked about in a file in Revelations, and so it's one of the BOWs from Revelations. Oh shit! Yeah, I remember that bastard. <laughs> think which BOW it was. Oh fuck. Where's my? <laughs> <Don't look. laughs> well, no, I'm just looking at some of the names for BOWs. It doesn't say which one killed Hassan. I just thought if I looked at them, it might jog my memory. Oh, fuck, it's all in Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. I don't know. I don't know which one did it. No idea. What's your options at the moment? Well, no, well if you say this is right, by the way, but go on. No, because he was originally killed by the terrorists. Um, El Veltro. I don't know. I can't think. Um, no, I really don't know. Skag dead. Skag dead. Right, we've got there. That's a complete guess. And it's wrong. Uh, the answer uh, is ooze. Quite simply <sighs> ooze. So half a point for getting the game. You got the game. It was quite quite impressive. I think it's just the use actually. Say it though, I actually didn't fucking check. All I did was found the file and then found out it confirmed it was on the Queen's and Obi. I could be wrong here. You could be owed a point. New spot, do you know who it was? Nope. Uh, just randomly found a file. It said, oh, my friend's got eaten by a monster. Long live. That's that word, it says. And I just I checked it was on the Zenobia, so I assumed it was ooze. It could be wrong. Poor research by Neptune. Poor research. But you could be owed a point, so if you can correct me, you can. But it's I've got ooze. And finally, now this one may take some coordination. How do you create V-Jolt? We'll start with Batman for this one. Let me just write your name on a bit of paper. Whose question is this? Mine. A brilliant question. <laughs> Batman, go on. Uh, one plus three equals four. Right. Four plus six equals ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, fuck. I can't even remember if there's a two or not. <laughs> No, I, I thought he was getting it right and now he stumbled. I can't remember. Um, shit. <laughs> Three plus four equals seven. Right. What have I got now? I can't remember. Uh, you've said one plus three equals four, four plus six equals ten, three plus four equals seven. So that's 17. Uh, fuck. It's, no, it can't be right, is it? Because it equals 20. No, I can't remember. I've got, okay. it, I've got it wrong. Well, it depends on in terms of points. I see how I see how everyone else does to see how many points you score, if any. Rombie. All right. I did this yesterday, so I'm going to try and remember it. Oh, did uh, you? Oh, you got. Pl- okay, go on then. Because I played it yesterday, so I'm, I actually well. went and replayed it. I um actually made the V job. So one got plus it. three equals four. Four right. plus six equals ten. Six plus one equals seven. Seven plus ten equals seventeen. Seventeen plus three equals twenty. Okay, and that's your 20. And GT? Right, I think I know this from the last few days of playing this. I wouldn't have known this answer this two weeks ago. Get the water. Oh, right, okay. Get, get three. I'm trying to do it in my head. Get three, and you make four. Right. Right, you put that to one side. You then get the other one, the yellow six. Right. And you make ten. Right. Right, so you put that to one side. You then get another bit of water. You go to the six, you make seven. And you make seven. You combine the seven with the ten to make seventeen. Right. Put that to one side. You then yes, you then get red. You then get the red three, and you make Vigil. You add the three to the seventeen to make twenty, and that is Vigil. Well, I mean, to be fair, that is one of I thought a very difficult question, and Batman, I, I would have given you points, but considering the level of detail that we got from Romby and George Trevor there, that was superb, gentlemen. Correct for George and Romby. That was superb. 
Well done. That was excellent. Well done. <laughs> but yeah, correct. It's um number three plus water equals NP004. So can I just ask if you make, sorry, just going back to remake, if Chris uses Vjol, it doesn't really have any effect on the battle, does it? Does anyone? Uh, I think it weakens it. Well, I don't know about the remake because I haven't done it in the remake, but I remember in the original it weakens it. Okay. But it doesn't kill it. Yeah, you put it, go and put it on the roots, don't you? Because with Jill, it does. It doesn't actually kill it, but if if you do it with Jill, then you effectively get the cutscene where Barry kills it for you. I, yeah. I well, know... I think it does the same. I think it does the same thing, but without Barry coming to save you, so you still end up having to fight it. I yeah. think it picks you up and drops you, and then you have to help. But I can't remember because I'm also thinking that you can get Rebecca to go make it for you while you're being grabbed as Chris, and then she does it for oh, you, yeah. and then it drops you, Chris, and then Chris finishes it off. Oh, quite. Yeah, I forgot about the Rebecca bit. Yeah. So I just yeah yeah just to confirm it's um three number three plus water equals MP004 and MP004 plus yellow six equals um ten yellow six plus water equals um seven um number seven plus um number ten equals VP O seventeen VP O seventeen plus um number three equals V jolt. So I'm very... glad you didn't take the names because I wouldn't have remembered the name. <laughs> I remember well, the numbers, um... but. I have to say, to be fair, George got a lot of the uh, names right. Yeah, he's got a lot of the names. Well, I was going to say, if you, I, it's um, it's quite sad how different my answer would have been a week ago. I, I wouldn't have had a clue really. I mean, I would have had a fair idea, but not, you know, not the names. I'm almost tempted to give George a, a bonus point for that. I wouldn't disagree with that. Wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> on be, on behalf of Mr. Spencer, I agree. All right, oh, there we go. Newsbot, you've got the deciding vote. Should George have a bonus point for getting the ums and the colours and the? Before you answer that, can I just say, Gaiden is fucking shit. <laughs> really, I thought it was okay. <laughs> yeah. Well done. There we go. <laughs> a bonus point for George. That concludes the but quiz. Before anyone gets too excited, I think we all know who's going to be winning this quiz. I think it's just a, a battle between me and Mr. Spencer. Well, George, you can take solace because this is, my friend, your first victory. Scoring four out of five, you've won Come episode, on. episode nine. Get in there. Come on. So congratulations. That's George finishing top there with four points, followed by Rombie slash Mr. Spencer with an impressive three. And Batman trailing large with two out of five. Very, very poor, John. Oh, very poor, Batman. I, I think we should seriously consider his, his status as a PE staff member now. <laughs> Well, what's that done to the overall leaderboard? I hear you say, well, the answer is this. Batman, you are still currently in the lead with 31 and a half points. Mr. Spencer has now moved up to 26 and a half points. George, you have moved up to 25 points. It eludes me. So only half a point behind. And Romby, obviously, you scored your three. So that puts you joint second on the Star and a Reasoning Prize quiz. <laughs> joint with Welsh and Smiley. So congratulations. Thank you very much. No, no worries. So well, that, that, was, that was our quiz. Join us next time and we'll have some more questions and we'll see how everyone does. Well done, good game, good game. I should stop saying that, that's all. Right. <laughs> there we go, I thought, I thought I'd bung in some remake questions uh, for this week. I know Mr Spencer usually asks and complains that they're not about the podcasting question. So, um, at least we don't have any awkward arse moments to be talking about this week. Uh... Well, actually, actually, there is a nice shot of Jill when she's descending the ladder in At The Ring. <laughs> Did you know the one I'm talking about? And it, like the, the, the water's dropping and, yeah. That... After you empty the water out of the 
That's it. Yeah, and you're coming back yeah. down. Yeah, you, 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 this guy knows. <laughs> he knows. He knows. <laughs> Our next podcast is planned to be Resident Evil Code Veronica X, uh, which should be exciting. Quite revolutionary. It's time. It's obviously having the updated re-release. We're going to be dissecting uh, the good points, the bad points, story implications, all all our usual to see what we will think of it. So yeah, so we're going to be uh, looking at Code Veronica, and then I think after that, then it's Resident Evil Five. By then, uh, damnation. I was going to say you might also have the PS3 RE6 demo out by the time you do the next one as well. So it's oh, yeah, different yeah. than the 360 one. Oh yeah, I forgot it's not on that, is it? We've not done Resident Evil Three, have we? No, not yet. No, no that's, that's coming up. I'm looking forward to that one. Right, so yeah, so um, at the moment it's Code Veronica. If anyone wants to call in with some MP3s like Vito does about Code Veronica, is it your favourite game? Are you pissed off that it got shifted from Dreamcast? All that malarkey. Either contact any of the uh, staff members at PU and we'll happily play it. If you've got any other questions you'd like to give to the quiz to test our quizzes, then um, message me on Project Twitter. They usually get picked because I'm running out of questions. I seriously am. So um, feel free to send me a PM and we can... Uh, we, we can read them out for you on your behalf. You get your name mentioned. How exciting. On that note, it's goodbye from me, Neptune. Goodbye from me, Batman. Goodbye from me, George Trevor. Goodbye from me, Newsbot. Goodbye from me, Rombie.